All right, welcome back to Miserable and Reckless podcast, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan sitting here with Dustin, Morgan, and Ryan, and uh, make sure you go and follow us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Go and follow us on um, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, great review, and then hop on over to Spotify and click subscribe. All right, moving into the good, the bad, the ugly. Ryan, what you got? Sure, good. Um, I actually got the chance to uh, go to the northernmost part of the South a place I'm very familiar with from some work trips, but uh, I got to go to Richmond over the weekend, go to a wedding down there. Uh, the wedding was in a really nice barn um, and in a really nice place right outside of Chesterfield, which is where Denny Hamlin's from. Um, coincidentally, uh, Denny Hamlin won a race when I was down there. So that was a little bit of a weird <laughs> life circle. Uh, I heard some Skinnerd. I heard some Charlie Daniels. Uh, there's a bunch of gin. So uh, I, I have no issues with the wedding whatsoever. Um, they had a little VW bug that you could get beers out of. That was pretty cool. So, uh, we went to some cool bars and restaurants down in Richmond that I, some I'd seen, some I hadn't, uh, yeah, it was a good time. Um, and then the other thing that's a good for this week is that my niece who man, oh man, uh, 2016 doesn't seem that long ago, but, uh, my oldest niece is now in, uh, preschool. She started her, I got the little, she's in her backpack and holding up the sign and, and it, it goes a lot. It's a, quote Kenny Chesney it goes a lot faster than you think and she's not even my kid so uh I can remember like I was holding her down in Norfolk uh it was the first time I ever held a baby and now she's in preschool so geez <laughs> uh I better get it together and start being a better uncle <laughs> bad um I'm gonna call our buddy Logan out he texted us and said NC State by 90 Logan, they only won by, by 45. So <laughs> halfway terrible <there>. prediction. <laughs> terrible prediction <laughs> on your part. <laughs> Speaking of bad teams, uh, Rutgers is currently ranked ahead of Michigan. I'd just like to point that out for everybody <laughs> listening. <laughs> That's fine. I like that one. And ugly. I mean, I guess we can segue right into Morgan gloating, but the UNC lost to Tech. I joked in the group message that Sam Howell will go on a Tebow run. He's going to give the Tebow speech. No one will ever try as hard as I will. We'll win every game. Next topic. (laughs) At the wedding, to bring it back to a more pleasant memory, they played Enter Sandman just to uh, really piss off me and apparently get all the Virginia Tech fans happy. So we're never having Jim on this podcast again. I can tell you that much. (laughs) Bad luck. Terrible luck. There's three votes that say otherwise on this podcast. Yeah. Wow, that's my good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> ugly right. opinion. Speaking of, you know, to the victor goes the spoils. Morgan, good, the bad, and the ugly. Just like you had your ugly, that sounds like that might have to be my good. Um, <laughs> with that said, I don't know if anyone paid attention to a certain game that played Friday night around six o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time in the great state of Virginia in the mountains, Blacksburg, Virginia, to a sold-out crowd of 65,000 loud, screaming fans who hadn't been in Lane Stadium in over a year, jumping proudly and loudly to enter Sandman. And a new tradition, apparently, has started to where when the song ends, the crowd continues singing the uh, Exit Light Enter Night verse. Um, throughout the entire freaking stadium, which was actually pretty cool. You could hear the entire crowd chanting it. Um, but Tech pulled out a win. I was surprised. Uh, you know, UNC was without a, quite a few players that would have made a difference. But as they always say, next man up, 
you know, be ready to play the game. And I was surprised with Tech's defense. They came out and just punched UNC in the mouth the entire first half. So um, pretty much my good is Virginia Tech's win over UNC. Bad. Uh, we had a funk circle around the Irby household since Friday, and it looks like Crystal is the last one to get it, and she got it pretty bad. Um, so she's she looks like she's having a full blown allergy attack on top of her cold. So hopefully she's on the mend and can be better here soon. And ugly, um, keeping it football, I'm going to say Georgia Tech. You know, we talk about kicking Syracuse out, but Georgia Tech, this is a little little warning. Not, not a notice, but just, just a full warning. Just a little calm, you know, a little in the wade pool, shallow end warning. You know, nothing serious yet, but, um, you know, you, you lose the teams like like you, you did, and it's kind of like, uh, all right, well, you should have won that, and that's all right, but get it together or you're going to be on the chopping block. Yeah. I stand by what I've said the last two years. Jeff Collins is a terrible coach. Who's a clown. Like he's not well, going to they'll pick be, that they'll be looking. Well. They'll be looking for a new head coach next year. Disagree. Well, there's no way they won't do it that quickly. Not Even if he doesn't no. work out, they won't do it that quickly. Okay. After next year. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, In his defense, it's one of the hardest jobs in America to come in and take a triple off in offense in no. 2020, 2019, 2020, and start having to recruit brand new players and put in a brand new system. They didn't have I, any athletes when he arrived there. Like, no. It was, you were already, it was a, a depleted uh, school. But, All right. Well, I guess is that all for your good, the bad, and the ugly, Morgan? That is. Uh, Georgia right. Tech, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dustin, what hate. you got? Hate, 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 hate. All that hate. Um, got a Shire Hire update for y'all. Um, the recruiting train continues to roll for old Johnny Shire in Durham. He got picked up a four-star uh, over this past week, Mr. Jaden Shoot, which is a very good name for a guard. Um, he set the, this kid set the Illinois record, which is where Shire is from, for hitting 17 threes in one game. So, pretty good kid that they picked up there. Now, with, the, with him plus the other two kids who have committed, they have a number three class in the country for 2022. And allegedly, the inside track on a couple more guys. So, We'll see what how his coaching is like when he calling the shots, but it looks like the Shire train is continuing the success of recruiting in Durham. And uh, you know, bigger picture, he probably can be credited with a lot of the recruiting success of the past five years anyway, because he's been the head recruiter um, along with Coach K. So um, positive makes you happy. I gotta have something to cheer for, and that's a that's a big one. For whatever it's worth, currently Duke, Carolina, and UVA are three, four, five in the rankings for uh, 2022 class for basketball. But it's early. A lot of kids still got to sign and decide where they're going. Uh, another good NIL is interesting. 
And uh, it's, you know, everybody talks about Bryce Young and his like $1 million being Alabama's quarterback, but old good old Joey Baker and Wendell Moore got Bojangles dudes. So there's no, there's no word yet to see if they're getting paid in biscuits or if they're actually getting paid, but they're get, they've got a Bojangles deal. And I thought that was kind of cool. Um, Cause they're definitely not like the headline athletes that you would think of, but Bojangles is paying them. So, and apparently Bojangles is doing that in a lot of places. Um, just wherever their footprint is. Um, and then I got a funny, um, I, this one's a little bit old, but I forgot about it. And then I would remind it. So Jeopardy's looking for a new host and um, James Holzheyer, who was the winning there, winning this, maybe not, I forget what exactly his record is, but he's one of the top three in the history of Jeopardy. Um, he tweeted that he hopes Joe Buck gets the job because Joe Buck was a guest host at one point on it because whoever gets the Jeopardy job has to quit whatever their other job is and be a full-time Jeopardy host. So he said that he hopes he does that so he doesn't have to listen to him in sports anymore. I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Is, and, him and his crappy beard. Yeah, and I, I agree with it. I would love to never, ever listen to Joe Buck again. But uh, someone asked Buck about it, of course, Joe Buck about it. And uh, he tried to act like it didn't bother him and then went on a rant about it for like 10 minutes. So it clearly got way under his skin. So good work, James. St. Louis never gave us anything good. And Joe yeah. Buck is proof of that. How can Chris Collinsworth be his, his assistant? That'd <laughs> <laughs> be perfect. <laughs> That's it for me. All right. So that leaves me. I'm going to start with... Uh, a cool because I saw today that around uh, University of South Carolina, Bojangles has a a uh, Gamecocks themed Bojangles that they just opened up. It's all in like scarlet and black. It's called the Tailgate Headquarters. They have all kinds of like picnic tables and everything outside. It's it's a really cool kind of like situation. I really hope that they uh, they do that with the North Carolina teams as well because that would be a pretty cool attraction to go pick up, you know, food for tailgates at. But uh, if you haven't looked that up, it, it's kind of a cool thing to see. It's funny that it took them this long to, to start doing stuff like that, but it's smart marketing for Bojangles, especially in the Southeast here. But um, a uh, good, um, I would say is this weekend, um, you know, where the whole family were going to go see Luke Combs. So that'd be, we bought the tickets like two years ago at this point and <laughs> got canceled due to the pandemic. So now the show finally is going on. Um, that'll be a fun, fun thing to do. And then um, my bad slash hilarious is um, as we've covered already here, um, the most overrated team in the ACC lost to Virginia Tech last Friday. And one of their fans <laughs> tweeted something or put it on Facebook. Sorry. It was a total Karen moment from that describes a lot of the UNC football fans. And I'm about to read it to you. This was her take after visiting Lane Stadium. She said, and I quote, I was at the VT Carolina game. It was horrid, sound deafening. I have been to many games at Tech and I have never seen Lane Stadium that fired up. There is no way the offensive line could hear Sam. I have truly never seen anything like it. It was beyond obnoxious. That's not football to me. This Tar Heel will not be returning. <laughs> All right, Karen. <laughs> How many stars? How many stars did she leave it? <laughs> I swear, like that's just uh, just the the uh, old like Carolina donors who who sit at the Dean Dome during a, a loud game and they sit there quietly. I mean, come on. I mean, shit I'm sorry. Yourself. I'm sorry. It's not cheese wine and Michael Bolton over Chapel Hill, but I mean, Jesus. 
<laughs> oh man. But that, yeah, that's my, my cool, good and bad slash hilarious. All right. Moving into the weekend. Look ahead. What you guys got going on? Sounds like there's a reunion. Where are you guys going to see Luke Combs? Oh, Raleigh. Raleigh? Yeah. At uh, PNC? Yeah, PNC. Make sure you take a picture of that one banner. (laughs) Hey, there's two. (laughs) (laughs) What else you guys got going on? Oh, not much. We're going to lay low around here and just kind of hang out since I'm going to be gone uh, next weekend. Away from the kiddos, so I'm going to try and get as much time with the kids as I can. Have a good time. True. Next weekend's next weekend's weekend look ahead's going to be lit. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. Literally. No, that's a, that's a little preview for next week. Red, next week's red, hot, be red hot dogs and fireworks. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, my God. All right. I got three things. I'll run through them quick. There's a NASCAR race this weekend. It's in Richmond. So somehow I didn't plan that one very well. Uh, it's yeah. on Saturday night. <laughs> I, missed, I missed the cookout Southern 500 because they had a wedding on Sunday. So I missed Denny Hamlin winning his race. But this one's on Saturday night. So I could have gone to that one if they just aligned it better. Uh, it's the second race in the first third of the playoffs. After the first third, they cut four guys. So uh, that's your... Your NASCAR update briefly. I'm going to my championship. What? Points championship. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, it worked for (laughs) it worked for us last year. So last five minutes. I mean overall points champion, but anyway, never mind. Yeah. I'm going to my first tailgate (laughs) in uh this weekend since 2020 Daytona five hundred. Um, so that was a while ago. Uh what is that, like 17, 18 months? It's been a minute. Um, I'm going to see Navy play U.S. Air Force at the Annapolis Stadium here on 9-11. So that should be kind of interesting, as usual. Uh, me and my wife somehow found a way to do it super extra when we went to our first tailgate. So, <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, Are you going to make a sign? No, nah, I'll be sitting on the hill, though. I know Morgan's been for sure. I'll be sitting on the hill right, oh, behind, yeah. the, right behind the end zone. So you can get – if anyone – wants to ever come to a Navy game or the tickets are super cheap. They're about 40 bucks and you can sit on the hill and it's fun because I don't have kids. So it's fun for me to watch them. You watch the kids just roll down the hill and all, there's a fence at the bottom and these kids are just rolling down the hill with no abandon. And some of these kids are taking out other kids that are trying to climb back up and like they're slamming into the fence and like the parents are half lit and yeah, it's a good time. Oh, that yeah. and if you've ever taken someone to a navy game and they don't expect cannons after the touchdowns it's really funny to see them jump <laughs> so anyways uh and then well, if you invite a tech friend they're used to cannons going off so i guess this year you are so um, <laughs> 2017 we were too in <laughs> one game yes that's true <laughs> the carolina game um, yeah, it's been, it's been back and forth between the two of us recently. This was a low scoring affair compared to the last three. And then, uh, one of the things that I know that Dustin, I know you've mentioned you watch occasionally, but true South season four is coming back this weekend. Um, it starts on Sunday on sec and ESPN. You'd have to Google when it is, but we've talked at times about Wright Thompson and John T edge, the Mississippi boys, you know, food culture and sports pretty well. 
and uh, they go to southern towns and they, they learn all about the towns and the restaurants and the culture and the. I mean, I feel like I'm not serving or I'm not doing it justice, but they they really dive into uh, the people there, and and you learn a lot about the stories and the uh, the culture of the town. I'd encourage people to watch it. It's an easy uh, it's an easy watch, and they have their own Spotify playlist. If you Google the True South Spotify playlist, so if you're not going to listen to ours, at least go listen to theirs. <laughs> Sounds like they're copying somebody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gimmick infringement. <laughs> I smell a lawsuit. We should uh we should tweet it no, right Thompson. Bird law. <laughs> <laughs> we should tweet it right Thompson and see if he wants to come on here and defend himself. <laughs> I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> so that's it. NASCAR first tailgate and true south. It's a good weekend. Yeah. All right. Well, um, you guys want to move into one of personally my favorite segments we do here on Miserable and Reckless. It's a seasonal thing, but the college football pick them. So we're bringing it back. We got, we're doing it with a twist, just like a bad sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, I thought you might want to acknowledge last year's champion to kick things off. Who was it? Can't remember. Who's the Duke guy? <laughs> the only thing they won last year. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but we won that. And yeah. and the turnover chain. You won the turnover chain, too. Yeah, that's true, too. I'll take that. That's a win. We were the best at turnovers and picking which team will win. Beat that, Carolina. <laughs> hey, raise your hand if you're a one and oh. Just two of us right now. <laughs> well, I can't. I can't see you, Morgan. So I don't know if you raised your hand. <laughs> Dustin, I guess you could raise your hand too because you're one and zero in the official miserable and reckless ACC pickums. That's why we switched it up. We can't have Duke winning two years in a row. <laughs> trying to see, like it's one of these things where it's uh, you're tra- changing the rules to try to undermine the champion. I see. It. Should have seen it coming a mile away. Isn't that, isn't that an ACC move? An ACC commissioner move? <laughs> <laughs> well, Swafford's out of town now, so. <laughs> I need to take a sip. Hold on. Oh, man. <laughs> Morgan's taking a drink from his Virginia Tech cup currently. I think he was pretty prominent. That was a Chapel Hill move, Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was his pinky, was it? <laughs> <laughs> the... Uh, Speaking of the commissioner, man, he was a he was a dry interview during the Carolina Tech game, and I'll leave it at that for now. Maybe maybe he can impress me later. But his schedule was pretty impressive. He was going about nineteen games in, in one weekend. So I saw it. His interview was awful, but yeah. But um, you, you know, you... as long as he's competent in the chairman's seat, who cares? So all right. Anyway, so we'll do, do this a, thing. We'll do abbreviated version. So we'll pick six. Six, seven games each week. I don't know. Don't hold us to it. But we'll keep score of the picks again. <laughs> may include may include some of the other conferences in our picks like this week. Let's face it. Week two games are always soft. Thanks, Bama, for scheduling Mercer week two. I'm sure that should be a real challenge for you. Uh, you, 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 you don't want to hear us. You don't want to hear us pick these games. Clemson, you're playing South Carolina State. Gee, I wonder who's going to win. So we tried to pick some more interesting games. Uh, so let's go ahead. Let's let's go through here. We'll, we'll keep you abreast of the rankings. Right now, it's Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Clemson, 
Cincinnati, Notre Dame, Iowa State, Iowa. Interestingly enough, Iowa State's playing Iowa this weekend. Penn State, Oregon, Florida, USC, Horns down, UCLA, Coastal, Wisconsin, Virginia Tech in 19, and Ole Miss sneaking in and backdoor in 20. So those are your rankings briefly. You can find those Who's online. I know. 20? Carolina's down there. They fell from 10 to 20. You're welcome. So uh, you guys have any brief week one thoughts before we start picking the games? I mean, we kind of covered North Carolina, Virginia Tech. Clemson played Georgia. Florida State played Notre Dame. Bama played Miami. Not, well, Bama scrimmaged Miami. Ohio State struggled for a little bit against Minnesota and Ole Miss kind of beat the pants off Louisville. Mm-hmm. Very briefly, um, Florida State looked a lot better once McKenzie yeah, Bolton came in. And uh, I got to say, that's an incredible story with him even be able to play football again. But um, if they, if he's you know playing the way he did in that game, I think Florida State's going to be a sneaky, dangerous team. I still don't. They still don't have an offensive line. I still think they're going to lose a lot of games, but they're going to be definitely improved from what they've been the last couple of years. Clemson, on the other hand, them in Georgia look like they both have elite defenses, but at the same time, you don't really know if it's so much their defenses are actually that good or if it's their offenses are that bad or some type of mix. But I do think that Clemson's defense is elite, but Clemson's offense looks very pedestrian. Um, they don't have a, a solidified running back yet. The offensive line didn't look good. Um, the receivers, you know, they don't have that slot receiver like they like the Hunter Renfro type that they normally do. And um, I, we'll see. I think, you know, they're – is not a good week to really judge Clemson this week because they're playing South Carolina state, but I'm interested to see um, how they do in the ACC schedule. I think it's very possible Clemson could have two or three losses this year. I think that they, they easily could run the table and win all of them, but this year they seem to be a little bit more human than what they've been as of late. Um, so yeah, Ole Miss offense looked good. And their defense seems to be improved. Agree. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think um, I agree on the story of Florida State. It's pretty cool. You know, I hate Florida State. Um, the quarterback is – I like his story. Yeah, Got no, kind of an no Alex uh, Smith kind of – Yep, 100%. It's, it's it. very similar. Yeah. No, I'm – actually, I'm kind of uh, kind of excited about uh, them playing better. I, I think they're going to get better. Under Mike Norvell, they're they're turning in the right direction. I think they're going to a bowl game this year, even if it's just a six and six bowl game. But they're just trending better. Their recruiting has picked way up. He got a bunch of good, solid transfers in to try to plug some holes until he can get better athletes in there. Like, and and I'm ex- the reason I to explain why I'm a little excited about it. ACC is better when Florida State's better, and especially the when all of you when, guys only have to play them once every six years. Yeah, I mean. I, you know, my team's going to be bad regardless. So it doesn't really benefit or help me one way or the other. But, you know, if Virginia Tech plays, has a good year, if Carolina, like, isn't terrible with Florida State, starts getting better, like, it benefits the conference. And I, I'm happy to see that. So, um, yeah. you know, well, keep, keep playing well, Wolf Pack, and then you can compete with him. Um, yeah, agree. Clemson, Georgia, like I have no idea what they are. I think their offenses will figure it out. I think Clemson more so than Georgia, their offense will figure it out. Um, but they definitely are not as elite as they have been this year. Um, but give them a little time. And then, yeah, Bam, Alabama, I, I really didn't anticipate them just being that good. Um, I, and I'm interested to see what it will do to the 
to Miami? Like, is it going to completely demoralize them and like ruin their season? Um, or are they going to be like, well, that was Alabama and the rest of our schedule is winnable. If so. history is any indication over the, over the last few years of teams that are supposed to be good that open the season with Alabama and then get destroyed, um, a lot of them end up losing about five games. Yeah, that's this. On average, yeah, it's about five games. So, anyway, uh, Louisville, you know, again, we mentioned Satterfield and kind of sticking his foot in his mouth and, like, kind of messing – and it's – I think we're kind of seeing it on the field. They look kind of – as much as we like him and think that he can be a good coach somewhere, he's he's struggling a little bit right now. I question if his offense can make it in big boy football because it's kind of like the coastal offense, right? It works at the level that they play at, and they can get up for the big games. But when you go to a bigger school, a lot of times there's more gimmicky style, uh, lower-level group of five conference offenses don't really work at a Power 5 school. So just a quick note, you talked about teams who open up against Alabama usually go on to lose six or so games. Uh, Tech played them in 2009, season opener. Held them until the fourth quarter, winning in the fourth quarter, then ended up losing, but went on to win 10 games that season. So just a <laughs> co- correct correction on your. On your Thanks uh, for that stat from 12 years ago. <laughs> Morgan. You know what? I don't care. I'll take it. Tech fans are becoming Morgan. more and more like state fans with every passing season. You remember back in the day when we used to be good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, remember tw- you remember 20 years ago? <laughs> Yeah. Morgan, that's an average. Um, it, it's not meant to be representative of every single team. Um, <laughs> also, I, if you're playing Alabama, if you're any team not in the top, say, six or seven teams in college football, and you're going to play Alabama first, I feel like it should benefit you because you should work hard to try to like not look terrible and then just be like, the rest of the season should be easy compared to these guys. <laughs> so, much. I don't know. But people in Miami were think they were going to win a national championship, which was delusional. So, oh yeah, well, that's yeah, that's just insane. Anyway, all right. Well, I enjoyed watching the Minnesota game. If I have to watch Big Ten football now because of the Alliance, uh, I enjoyed watching Minnesota and row the boat and all that kind of stuff. The coach screaming like crazy on the sidelines. I have some Minnesota ties, so that's. A, it was fun to watch Ohio State, maybe, 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 and then they pulled it out at the last second. So, um, and then I guess this is where I go on record. I already texted you guys this. Ole Miss is my official team of the SEC that I'm watching and I'm enjoying. That was before the game started. So, uh, Lane Kiffin and all the fun guys that used to go play there, Elijah Moore, everybody else. So, uh, if I, y'all can make fun of me now if if uh, Ole Miss goes one and nine. <laughs> I loved Lane uh, Kiffin's halftime interview. He was out with COVID, oh yeah. and he goes oh yeah. on ESPN, and the lady didn't really know how to respond. He goes, you know, if they keep playing like this, maybe I can have COVID all year. <laughs> In his hoodie. He's <laughs> like did, super dressed down. Did, did one of your favorite quarterbacks play at Ole Miss, Ryan? Are oh, you talking about Eli Manning? <laughs> I don't mind Eli now that he's out of the league. I can't wait for their Monday night football stuff. That's going to be great. Yeah, this is going to be pretty funny. He was... Uh, should I tell this? He was telling a story earlier today. I heard where his brothers pulled his pants down at a Mardi Gras because he had his hands up trying to grab beads, and his little dingling was hanging out on Bourbon Street. <laughs> <laughs> and I do mean Peyton as his brother. 
Makes sense. Uh, he actually told that story live on air. I was like, good for you, Eli. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Let's get into the pick them on that note. <laughs> all right. So we got what? Uh, what did I pick? Six games. All right. So we're just going to do these kind of rapid fire. Let's start with uh, let's start with a little crap fest. All right. Rutgers versus Syracuse. Now, I know we all picked Rutgers last week as our team of the team of the future of this podcast, but it's a Big Ten team and we're an ACC podcast. So, Dustin, you're up first. You set the tone. Rutgers versus Syracuse. We literally tried to kick Syracuse out of the ACC last year. Rutgers all the way. All right. The game's in Syracuse, by the way. That doesn't mean don't, don't care. It doesn't matter. Logan. This is like Duke playing at home. Who cares? This, this is a Donovan McNabb. Yeah. So. I don't like their uh, dome they play in. I don't like the state that they're in. I don't really like anything about that school. I don't like Jim Beheim and all his uh, asshole comments about where uh, the ACC tournament being in Greensboro. So give me the Scarlet Knights from Rutgers. Awesome. Morgan? Why are we still talking about Syracuse? I thought we kicked them out. Like, well, nobody listens, apparently. Get on down the road, please. Like Rutgers, like squeeze that every last bit of whatever's left of Syracuse left out of, out of them. They're done. Rutgers is going to whoop you by like 20 points and embarrass you. <laughs> I like the squeeze. Get it? Because they're the oranges. Get it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Squish them. <laughs> foul molded orange. <laughs> I love it. All right. The way that this podcast is, has, has turned a corner on Rutgers all of a sudden. The, the 180 here. I'll go all in. I'll go all in. The Syracuse hate is real. I didn't like the Duke kid, whatever his name was, that went there. Paulus, one of the Paulus brothers. Beheim, yeah, his voice is weird. So, yeah. He's retired. Yeah, he eats his own boogers. That's enough said. Hey, if I'm picking on the States, there's a shore in Jersey. That means there's a beach. Last time I checked, there's nothing like that in New York, okay? So, technically, there's Long Island. but Long Island, but... Let's not get too into it. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently that's good swimming. Kramer went swimming all the time in their waters. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough time talking about Syracuse and New York. Yep. <laughs> all right. Raleigh State versus Stark Vegas State. Dustin, who you got? And I, I do mean NC State versus Mississippi State. <laughs> I'm I'm Wolfpack man. Um this I love watching baseball. I I love watching uh Oh, Mike Leach when he was at Washington State, but I'm, I'm going with the Wolfpack. It'll be interesting to see their defense against the traditional second-year bump in offense that his teams tend to get. Because I think they his first year they tend to score like 22 points, and then they bump up to like 32 with his offense. Morgan, Raleigh native. I like, <laughs> I like NC State's defense is going to eat them alive. Literally. Like they're going to. <laughs> They're literally gonna eat them. <laughs> Logan, NC State, NC State graduate. Uh, I'm gonna go on a record and say that State is gonna win, but not That's NC right. State. Mississippi State, the Bulldogs. Um, we we are deeper. Um, we're a little bit more talented this year, but historically, these are games that we lose. And until Dave Doran actually beats a SEC school not named Vanderbilt, give me the Bulldogs in a close one. I agree with you. Ring the cowbell. 
even if it isn't baseball, I still agree with you. Too soon. <laughs> I'm going Miss uh, Mississippi State, Stark Vegas, all the way. Um, even though they're the rivals of my adopted school, Miss. All right, App State versus Miami. Uh, I'll go first just to switch it up. I'm going to take App State just for fun, and because Eric Church went there. That's it. That's really the only reason. You do um, realize Chase Bryce is their quarterback, right? He looked good in week one against East Carolina. Yeah. He, he was playing East Carolina. Yeah. I'm just – I'm taking App State. All right. The, I'm, I'm not a fan of, of, of Miami proper. I'm, South Beach is all right. I'm not a fan of the turnover chain. I'm not a fan of the U crap. I'm not a fan of Michael Irvin. So, <laughs> not a fan of the colors. So, App State all the way. Boone, lovely town. Dustin, renowned Miami guy. <laughs> Taking Miami. Cheered for him last year. I'm cheering for him this year. They're going to beat shit out of App State. <laughs> Logan. Um, I, I, I don't have anything really against App State in the past, but their fans are starting to annoy me on Twitter. For that reason alone, I'm calling it the U by three scores. I hope you guys enjoy watching that loss together over the weekend. Morgan? Uh, as the second best coach of the Cowboys, the team I hate so much, uh, he's also the coach of Miami, who I hate as well. Being a Virginia Tech fan, I can't stand Miami. Michael Irvin, all of you, just uh, no, upstate. Fair enough. Jimmy Johnson, suck it. <laughs> South Carolina versus ECU. EDU. I don't know where that is. ECU. This is a Carolina game. North Carolina versus South Carolina. Uh, Logan, which one are you going with? Yeah, so this game takes place. This is, I believe, at Dowdy Ficklin. Um, yep. So the the East Carolina Pirates are actually favored in this one, according to Vegas. It's essentially a pick them, but they're favored. I think they opened to like a three or four point favorite. Um, give me the Pirates. All right. Morgan? I know um, you love Greenville. No, no, I don't. <laughs> not, not, not at all. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with South Carolina. I'm going to, you know, uh, Frank Beamer's kid down there coaching his first season at uh, South Carolina. I'm going to root for him. Fair enough. Dustin, UNCW graduate. Kimmy Beamer. ECU <laughs> is going down. All right. I, I don't like listening to their uh, fans crap anyway, thinking they're good in football or anything for that matter. Uh, as a Carolina fan who doesn't like the shittier Carolina, the Darius Rucker Carolina, I'm taking ECU. You're going to be disappointed. Hey, look, there's no there's no logic to these picks, but that's why they're great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so going to picking first... on uniforms. Oh, <laughs> Hey, look, just because I don't like the Miami colors, okay? I just don't like them. Green and orange. <laughs> Terrible. Green and yellow, that's more my speed, like Oregon. All right. Alliance game. Our first Alliance game. This is so exciting. Number 12, Oregon versus number three, Ohio State. Who cares? We do, because they're in our Alliance. <laughs> it's also a big deal, because it's Oregon versus Ohio State, and they're both ranked. Dustin. You go first. Who you got in this Buckeyes, alliance? Fuck guys, baby. Fuck guys. <laughs> All right. But I really... hate 
I told you I was picking on uniforms. I hate Oregon and their dumbass uniforms. <laughs> All right. Well, we made his cut rail cut to the other brother who feels the same way. Yeah. I saw on Twitter that they had the uniform unveiling for something they haven't worn before for this game. Shocker. Who gives a shit? Give me Ohio State by three scores. What what fancy thing did it have? Was it like Hawaiian heritage or something like that? Oh Nobody knows. God. I quit paying attention to them years ago with that crap. It's a gimmick. <laughs> Morgan. I, I don't know who has more outfits, Oregon or Ken and Barbie. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, like every week it's like, hey, let's, let's switch out this shirt with these pants, these pants for that shirt and these socks. Like, nobody fucking cares, dude. Oregon, stop it. Just, just pick two jerseys and roll with those home and away and then have a good day. But you're not going to have a good day playing Ohio State. So you're taking Ohio State, taking the bucket. Yes. Since. I said they're not going to have a good day. That would mean that they're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> so Ohio State goes into Minnesota and can barely hang with Minnesota and barely hang with that crowd. Now, I'm just saying, Oregon's going to go into the shoe. The shoe is a very hard place to play. It's a very loud place to play. I'd love to see Oregon go in and stomp that ass just like they did in the first college football playoff. But uh, I'm pretty sure I'm accurate in saying that. But um, I'm going to take the Ducks just because uh, – I've been on record as saying I'm an Oregon fan. I'm sure they'll bring their makeup with their 15 jerseys. <laughs> hey, whatever. The uh, sports marketing program that they have at Oregon is the number one place in the country for a reason. So, uh, all right. Game day game. Iowa State versus Iowa. And guys, help me remember, but is Iowa the place? It's it's one of the two. I think it's Iowa. Is that the place where they have the children's hospital? Iowa State is. I think. Is it? Is it? Hold on. Cause if you haven't seen this before, it's a really touching moment if it happens. And they um all, all the kids wave from the windows and stuff like that. It's it's it tears at your heartstrings a little bit. But anyways, college game day, Iowa State number nine versus number ten, Iowa. Hawkeyes. You got the Hawkeyes? the Hawkeyes? It's the Hawkeyes that uh Stadium. Yeah. So that would be this game then. That because they're playing in Ames, which is Iowa. So um so Morgan, who you got then? Iowa or Iowa State? Iowa. I'm gonna pick Iowa just because of, of that. Okay. Dustin. I assume that Iowa's the uh the wine and cheese crowd of Iowa. So as much as one can be of Iowa. So I'm going with the state school, Iowa State. Give me that give me the farm boys and the engineers. Yeah. More like uh corn and bush lattes. <laughs> that's more accurate uh, Logan yeah to, similar to what Dustin said I have a general rule in these games especially when they're pretty evenly matched never pull for university of insert state name here ever so give me the Cyclones Iowa State all day man no one can tell you guys are brothers at all no one. <laughs> <laughs> all right I'm going to Iowa not just for the feel-good story uh I once knew a kid who graduated from Iowa. We worked at a gym together 15 years ago. That's all the connection I need. Iowa, let's go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that was our brief uh, wrap-up of our pick em. Other ACC games to note, we can cover these if you want. I'll brush through them because we do care about the ACC here. Illinois plays UVA. Uh, Illinois beat Nebraska. No clue if that's good or not anymore. Go, go Illinois. It's, it's not. <laughs> Pitt plays Tennessee. Uh, I, I, we're not going to talk about Pittsburgh the f- week two. 
because we had all last year. <laughs> I think the defense is good, right? <laughs> um, fun note about Tennessee. If you ever go to the stadium, this game's in Knoxville. You can sailgate. You can pull up on your boat. That's cool. That's about all I know. Middle Tennessee State versus the uh, Hokies. This is my, uh, my neck of the woods in Tennessee versus your Hokies. Um, Middle Tennessee does play Liberty this year, Morgan. So, uh, just bringing that up. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we'll lose. <laughs> to Middle usually, Tennessee State? I'm just usually, usually what happens. So, yeah. You think they're going to come into Blacksburg and beat you? Um, well, we, we let other schools come in there and, and beat us. So you're, you're not going to lose Middle Tennessee State. Duke even beat Middle Tennessee State. <laughs> oh, y'all just don't watch enough Virginia Tech football. <laughs> your defensive coordinator was good last week alright yeah. NC A&T versus Duke you going to lose to two state teams in a row Justin <laughs> possible I, if it if it hastens a program change I'll be cheering for it to happen All right. losing to A&T might would be worse than losing to Kansas so if they lose to A&T <laughs> Cutcliffe needed to be fired yesterday I, yeah, agreed if, if if it speeds up the process, I'll take zero wins this year because something's got to be done. <laughs> so I'll take it. I'm, I'm kind of cheering against them at this point. Which hasn't happened to Duke since 2007. Didn't zero it's wins get you zero. cut, Cliff? Oof. Yep. It was, yeah. Well, all right. Georgia State plays Carolina. The only interesting thing, I'm not even going to talk about Carolina. Check this out. Georgia State plays Carolina, Auburn, App, and Coastal this year. I guess they weren't interested in winning any games. They all uh-huh. made, baby. What's Ooh, that? Money. Oh, yeah. Good money. Go Georgia State. They've got, well, uh, Carolina's barely ranked, but they've st- they got three ranked teams on their schedule right now. And then Jackson, Jacksonville State plays Florida State. The only reason I put this in there is because Jacksonville State played Florida State last year. And they were like in it in the fourth quarter. So that might be something to watch. So, and that's right. Jacksonville State in Alabama, right? Yeah, the Jacksonville yeah. State game, yeah. Gamecocks. I believe that's where, uh, I want to say that's where Riley Green played. That is correct. Cause we brought it up last year, right? Probably so. Yeah. That's the only thing I remember about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of you, Logan. Southern Spotlight rotates to you this week. What do you got? Yeah, so I actually had kind of a hard time coming up with something um, this week. And so what, what do you always do when you, you can't think of something like that? You, you kind of look homeward. So I picked a barbecue restaurant here from, from our hometown. Really, it's the town over us. But uh, right under the bridge on the eastern side of I-95, there's this place called Ralph's Barbecue. Dustin and I have grown up eating there our entire lives. Uh, really, really good barbecue. Um, it was, I think it was founded in like 1941. So it's, it's been there for a long time. Like some, some cool things about it is, um, Dustin, you may know a little bit more about this, but I believe didn't they used to like cater for the Redskins back in like the seventies. And, um, also, uh, there was a picture floating around from like the NBA finals, uh, back in like 2010 with Will Ferrell wearing Ralph's barbecue hat. Cause Will Ferrell's like entire family, um, both sides of his family are Renick Rapids, uh, natives. Like they, they all grew up here and then they moved out to California when he, before he was born. But, uh, he always used to say that when he came to visit his grandparents, he loved going to Ralph's barbecue. If it's good enough for Will Ferrell, 
it's good enough for me. So uh, Ralph's Barbecue is somewhere. If you come through that time, you have somewhere to stop and you want some good barbecue, stop over at Weldon, North Carolina, the rockfish capital of the world, and uh, <laughs> get you some good old Eastern NC-style barbecue at Ralph's. Yeah, they have the best full pork, I think, period. I'm never satisfied anywhere else I go because their poor pork actually tastes like there's vinegar in it. Yeah. You don't pour They have it on the table. You can pour it on there if you want, but... It, you don't need to. They they like cook it in it, and it tastes and smells like vinegar. And I have never been anywhere else where I can get that. And for that reason, they are number one. And I reckon we might get a little bit of that this weekend. Very much so. And uh, I also do want to say, um, I, if you want to, I told mom, I said I want to take you guys to Sam Jones Barbecue. Um, while we're in Raleigh, I'm in. But... I'm in. Let's so. do it. But yeah, Ralph's, make sure you check it out anytime you're out this way off of uh, exit 173, I-95. Nice. Is there a way? I don't know how we do this by keeping it warm. Is there a way that we could do Sam Jones, Ralph's, and Skylight and do a blind taste test at some point? I would, we would have to, I mean, we don't have to talk about this right now, but we'd have to think of a way to like manage the logistics of that because I know they're an aid in Weldon and Raleigh, but yeah. That would be kind of interesting if we could somehow attempt to do that. Yeah, I I would I would definitely be down to do that. It, it'd be a little easier to get Sam Jones and Ralph's within yeah. a reasonable time. But I don't know how far Aiden is, but I like that idea. Cool. All right. What'd you say? Exit one seventy three. Exit one seventy three. The Runner Rapids exit. Take a uh, go off rightward into Weldon, and it'll be right off the highway on the left. Yep. Go under the overpass. Nice. All right, so that's my Southern Spotlight. Moving into one of our new favorite topics here on Miserable and Reckless, throwing it back over to Ryan for Florida or the field. (laughs) All right, I got a quick one for you guys this week. I was going to do a review, but this story sprang to uh, mind instead. I happened (laughs) to see it. So uh, you're not getting a hotel review. Sorry, you've got another crazy person from the South. (laughs) Man steals pickup truck, crashes. Pretends to grill on stranger's porch. That's the headline. <laughs> Pretends. <laughs> I, I said what I said. <laughs> oh my. A man has been arrested after stealing 60 sets of keys from an auto dealership and chose to drive off of all the keys he chose. A 2005 GMC Sierra <laughs> pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> At least he didn't draw attention to himself. Correct. This man's, this man's smart. Although I don't know how many of those are still on the road. So police Something responded Friday. <laughs> police resp- this happened last Friday. Police responded Friday to a burglary report at LG Auto Sales where the suspect 52 allegedly stole property estimated to be worth around 36500 bucks. According to police, the man also made off with a, you ready for this, Morgan? A 45-inch Samsung TV. <laughs> Valued I mean, at fifteen hundred bucks. <laughs> two right. Dell lap, two Dell laptops valued at a thousand dollars each, and three thousand dollars worth of wrenches, screwdrivers, and a set of pliers, along with All the right. sixty sets of keys and trunk. <laughs> so he he wants to work on something while he's watching his flat screen TV and, and looking up YouTube how to videos. Correct. Yeah, just a forty-five inches is the best part. That was uh, whatever. He's, he's a simple man with simple taste. I like it. Police spotted the uh, stolen truck 
at about 1 p.m. on Friday, and an officer allegedly tried to flag down the man, which is very polite of the officer. Uh, but the 52-year-old kept driving. <laughs> oh, my. He's 52. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh, keeps getting better. Police say that a pursuit in, in, ensued until it was uh, called off as he continued at a high rate of speed. The 52-year-old man then crashed the truck into an office building, fled the scene, and was taken into custody by police after he was found pretending to be grilling on a porch <laughs> at a nearby apartment. <laughs> He refused to talk to officers about the incident after he was arrested and is now facing up several charges, as you can imagine. I mean, man's got to eat, you know. Got worked up quite an appetite. <laughs> he did do a lot before he got gone. 60 sets of keys, 2005 GMC truck. I mean, this, this, some of this has North Carolina written all over it. He was, if they'd said he was, uh, they said he was grilling as opposed to barbecuing. That's how, that's how you know he's not from the north. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, Logan. Oh, go ahead, Morgan. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, Logan. I'm going to change things up this week. I think it's the field. Okay. I could easily see this happening in North Carolina or Georgia or South Carolina. Morgan, does that change what you're going to say? No, I'm going Florida. I'm, I'm I'm a man of my word. I stick. I'm, I'm always going to go Florida. Okay, Dustin. It's the field, obviously. I'm literally the swing the vote on this every single week. <laughs> <laughs> this man is from Boynton Beach, Florida, and he was on meth. <laughs> he was on meth. <laughs> I figured he had to be on something if he's pretending to grill. I, I figured it was something chemical, so. Uh, yeah. Well, sorry, America. So, that's another Florida man for and, you. And you know, at first I thought he was pretending to grow to fame. He think, sure, the, think the cops would not come after him, and he's on his own property grilling. But he probably actually thought he was grilling something. He was probably so messed up. <laughs> it's a pretty good tactic to run up on a porch as the police drive by it and just pop the grill open and just move the stuff around with a spatula. I mean, oh, yeah. that's pretty smart. I, I, I agree. That's what I was thinking. But if once you told me meth, I was like, yeah, he probably actually thought he was using the grill. As soon as you get in a high speed chase, there's probably a helicopter involved and they probably just saw him run to the house. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm sure the guy in the helicopter was like, okay, so he thinks we're not going to catch him. <laughs> so that was Florida man week 11 or whatever it is <laughs> I'm, I'm, surpri I'm surprised you didn't go with another story that I saw pop up on the internet from a woman getting arrested in Florida recently um, she was doing certain things to herself and this was the second time she got caught doing it in public <laughs> <laughs> not not on drugs, not on a, no alcohol. The psych test said she was normal and sane, and just enjoyed whatever. But <laughs> since I'm currently on my wife's work computer, I don't think I'll be googling that right now. Yeah, what do, what do I Google more? 
Uh, All right, so that's Florida or the Field. <laughs> Moving into our once a month segment, Song of the Month, where we p- pick three songs. I pick one, Ryan picks one, then we collab on one. And just keep everybody updated. We are keeping a playlist on Spotify for you to be able to listen to all of these fantastic tunes that we're bringing you each and every month. All right, Ryan, what you got, the, what you got for us this month? So I didn't pick a song, or sorry, a, a guy from North Carolina to talk about, but that's because I had a guy from North Carolina to talk about now. Um, I texted the guys about this, I don't know, a couple, couple weeks ago when I heard it. Uh, Scotty McCreary. Scotty McCreary is, is, is one of my favorites. I know he's from like American Idol or whatever one of those shows are, but um, I, I didn't realize that when I first heard him. So uh, he's from North Carolina, um, and I always appreciate it when I've heard him on the radio. Uh, the first time I heard about Scotty McCreary, actually, Tim Tebow tweeted out the Five More Minutes song that he's famous for. And uh, apparently the two of them are good buddies. Um, I saw him down in Jacksonville with Chase Rice. That was pretty impressive. Um, but he put out a new song. He's got, he's always talking about the Longleaf Pines and Heading Home. And the song, of course, is Escaping Me. Home in My Mind. That's another good Scotty McCreary song. Um, but uh, as someone who obviously used to live in North Carolina and can't quite make it back there yet, um, Scotty McCreary being on the road is constantly talking about talking home. And uh, so I always appreciate his somewhat nostalgic reminiscent lyrics. I'll keep it short and sweet. His new song, Carolina to me is talking about uh, you can believe whatever you want. You can believe in heaven. You can believe in other things if you want to, but as far as he's concerned, North Carolina is heaven. And I'll just give you the lyrics just straight through and you can listen to it on our playlist. It says uh, we all got our own opinions. We all believe what we believe, but everything that's heaven to you is Carolina to me. If you still want your mansion and your perfect paradise, then go on and get yours, and I'll head on back to mine. You think pearly gates, you think streets of gold. I think about them longleaf pines lined up on Tobacco Road. You think skies are blue, you think angels' wings, and I think about old Andy Griffith whistling on TV. We all got our opinions. We all believe what we believe, but everything that's heaven to you is Carolina to me. I think that says it all right there. Uh, Scotty McCreary, good on you. Keep making good music. I'll keep coming out to support you. Uh, when I get the opportunity to, and it's a great song. Fun fact, he's a, an old classmate of mine at NC State. I had many classes with him. We were the same major. Um, I actually have, I, I saw the other day when I was moving, I have a, um, we had this like little exercise we had to do where we got paired in groups and everyone had to sign their name to it. So I was like, it's got his signature on there. I was like, there's probably some fangirl out there that could put this on eBay and make 50 bucks off of them. So uh, that'd be kind of cool. But he's actually a really nice guy. Um, like, like, behind the scenes like it's not really just a kind of a, a a thing people have on the camera like some celebrities but real nice guy um i've hung out with him and his wife a handful of times like they're they're not they're nice people awesome man so it awesome. brings go ahead i say it's always good to hear oh yeah <laughs> opposed to they're a jerk behind the scenes yeah <laughs> but uh that brings it to me so mike and moon pies just released a record a few weeks ago that i think is it's one of the best country records released this year. Um, they're one of the best live bands out in the scene right now. And um, there's one in particular on this album that it's a pretty straightforward song, but it, it just has a, it's, it has a killer hook. It opens with like a pedal steel guitar. And um, they, they kind of went back to a little bit more of their older sound on this record in some ways, but it, it's unabashedly country. And, but it's like, Oh, it has a similar flavor to how like Turnpike does where it mixes in a little bit enough rock and roll that it doesn't sound like I guess George Jones not that that's a bad thing but 
it it's a really good record but this one in particular it was called social drinkers it's uh the, the hook to this song is really what is the best part about it but the song kind of opens up where he's talking about another night with a bitter end he's been i've been drinking alone again just thinking about some old friends some used to be's then it goes to the pre-chorus where it's like in my new reality where the tr- truth is plain to see and that's where the uh the hook gets you at the very front of the chorus and it, it just is so infectious it, he goes that he misses old winos and social drinkers and then he starts kind of it's almost has a similar um theme to kind of talking about the old times he used to have at the bar similar like toby keith's i love this bar but in a little bit more of a serious vein but that I, I, the may I, I implore everyone to go listen to that chorus because the way he just kind of drags out um mike Harmeyer's his name the way he drags out uh that i miss old winos and social drinkers is a fantastic hook to the song and anytime someone can work this uh the word wino into a song is hilarious to me <laughs> so uh, social drinkers by mike and moon pies is my pick and i believe they opened for american aquarium last year when we yeah there. they did the last year that we all went they were uh they were the band out of i think they're out of austin or something like that yeah all right, so that brings to our collab pick. We have, um, I, I mean, I, I, if you want me to, I can introduce it and we can kind of talk about it a little bit. But we we picked a uh, mainstream country artist for this one. Um, Jake Owen released a new song called Best Thing Since Backroads. This song doesn't reinvent the wheel um, with its songwriting, but it's very pleasant. It's very country, which is kind of different from the the beachin' era of, of Jake Owen. But it, it's... Like I said, it's called Best Thing Since Backroads and essentially getting it down to the brass tacks. It's a love song where he's telling his, his old lady that she's the best thing since backroads. But the way, what I really like about it is it's kind of like this really chill kind of like country vibe to it. And it's kind of reminiscent in some ways sonically of maybe some like old Alabama. So it kind of it kind of stuck out to me with that. It's not the headiest of material, but it doesn't always have to be. There's a couple lyrics in this song that I, I picked up on the miles and mud tires thing. And then the, uh, obviously the back roads, I know we've got a back road anthem and some other stuff like that, but there's some old, uh, so I, anyone that's listened to this podcast for a long time, uh, knows that me and my wife go out to Delaware quite a good bit. And the way that we go out there is through some back roads, 404 and through the country fields and soybeans and corn and stuff like that. So obviously this makes me think a little bit of her when the first time I heard it, first time I heard it, we were in the car. Um, I do like the Alabama sound for sure. And uh, I know it's not everyone's favorite all the time, but uh, that's definitely where I was thinking of this. And to be quite honest, uh, if y'all don't remember, we have a Spotify playlist that we put out there. That's a uh, for the Bay house and the drive down to the Bay house is almost exactly the same thing. It's just a back road song. And so if you put this on the Bay house playlist, either if you're down there and you're out on back roads, or if you're driving down there or driving back, it's a great song to listen to. If you're missing someone at home, Maybe not too much because it's only two or three days, but it's a perfect Bay House playlist song for that. So I'm sure we'll be playing a, a decent bit uh, next weekend. So a nice little find. For sure. Jake Owen, Better Than Backroads. And again, those three songs will be on our playlist. So I guess, as you know, if it wouldn't be right if we didn't bring it up, you guys know this coming weekend is going to be uh, the 20th anniversary of September 11th. Um, can't believe it's been 20 years since that, uh, since that day. Yeah, we, so much has changed since that, that, that morning, everything that happened, the whole, we, just our country as a whole changed completely that moment. Um, 
Where were you guys at that that morning? Well, I'll uh, I'll go first. So I'm 27, right? So I was seven years old when it happened. I was sitting in my second grade class, and I remember wow. the teachers kind of like when the news got around. Like you know, we were we were little, but we were old enough to kind of recognize something was wrong, right? And the teachers were kind of like all like kind of frantic in some ways. They were trying to like keep it calm because, you know, you have a class full of seven and eight year olds. But I mean, you knew something was wrong and then eventually like the news just kind of got out and we were trying to process it as best as we could as second graders. But it was like um, it, it was definitely a, a a weird day, I would say, especially, in, like I said, in the mind of a second grader at the time. Yeah, I was uh, I think I was ni- 19 years old, 18. No. Oh yeah, nineteen years old. Um, I was off. Went to uh, had to go to the store to pick up some pieces for my uh, my desktop computer. I was getting a uh, CD burner installed, and on my way back, I was listening to the radio. And when everything just started happening, and I just couldn't believe what was going on. I was at first that was some. I mean, I hate to say it. it yeah, at that time given, you know, I was thinking of some spoof on the uh, on a radio talk show or something. I was listening to, it and then just kept, you know, reports kept coming in about everything going on. I just couldn't believe it. Dustin, yeah, I mean, we were in class. I was fifteen in two thousand one, so we were in class. We well. I think we were Ms. Little's class, Logan. Um, and uh, so I guess I was in, what, 10th grade at that time? Anyway, we were in her class, and our, our school didn't have like, TVs and stuff. Um, but we, our, a bunch of our teachers would have, like, a radio or something in the room. And so we were listening to it on the radio, actually, um, when it was going on. And uh, I, we didn't really grasp what was I mean, perfectly honest, I don't think uh, we at 15 really understood what was happening. Um, I think we understood it was a big event. And but I don't think we really got what was going on, especially like just listening to it on the radio, you know, as opposed to seeing like pictures of it on cable news. Um, But I do remember distinctly sitting in this little class um, radio on at like 10, 1030 in the morning. And it just kind of being a weird day and I was trying to understand what was going on um even though that we couldn't fully really grasp it certainly not as you look back now as a 35 year old man um you certainly couldn't have really understood what, what what had happened and what what people were feeling like and then what was to come to 20 years hence I think I had a different experience um I was a junior in high school. My high school was in the DC area. Obviously the Pentagon got hit. Uh, my uncle worked in the Pentagon at the time. Um, and we had, t- uh, we had TVs in our classrooms. So they came over the loudspeaker. They told everyone that, um, to please gather in the lunchroom because they were not sure what was going on. So the entire school had to gather in the lunchroom when they figured out that it was okay for us to move about in the school, which was not in DC, but just outside DC. Um, it was at that time that we went to my next period. Like we skipped maybe a period or two and 
my period happened to be history. And so there was a TV in there. And the first thing I saw when I walked into the room legitimately is the towers falling down on the TV. Um, and I was nervous about that because I mentioned this a little bit, but my dad's company is based in New York. Um, my dad traveled enough when I was a child and as an adult that I didn't always know where he was. And, uh, I was unaware, um, where my dad was at that current moment in time. Uh, I was also unaware of where my uncle was and I couldn't get through to anyone because the phone lines were all jammed because cell phones were barely a thing and you couldn't call through to anybody. Um, so I stepped outside to try and drive myself home when we were allowed to leave. Uh, fighter jets flew over my school as we were standing in the parking lot. Um, some of the windows on cars broke because they were so low and they were so loud. They didn't care about sonic booms at that point in time. Um, a lot of the houses in the neighborhood uh, had some windows that were shattered as well. Um, I got home to my house and for whatever reason, my parents weren't, my mom wasn't home. So I drove to the McDonald's across the street and I sat in a booth in the McDonald's across the street from my house and watched the news play out on a TV. Uh, it, so the word that comes to mind is it was very confusing. Um, I couldn't get through to anybody. So I kind of just sat in a booth by myself and watched what happened at 9-11 or on 9-11 on a TV at a McDonald's while probably eating like chicken McNuggets or something. Everyone in my family was safe. Um, I can't remember honestly if, and, and I should have asked my dad before this, I can't remember if, uh, if my dad was in New York or not, but, um, it was my, he traveled enough that I didn't know where he was. And it was a high likelihood that he, he spent 20 days in New York a month. So it was a high likelihood that he would have been there. Um, Everyone was safe. But then uh, the only thing I remember after that is I remember standing in, in our living room and I remember the bombs falling, the green of when they show like the night vision of the bombs starting to fall in Afghanistan. And I remember thinking, I don't think we're going to leave that place anytime soon. Yeah. yeah I don't know why I thought that. Truth. I don't know why I thought that. I just, I, I, I didn't know anything about the military. I just, I just didn't think we'd leave anytime soon. And the rest is either personal history or history. And we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yep. It definitely had a profound impact on society, though, because, I mean, you, we were talking about this at work the other day about just the the difference, especially for the folks that were old enough to have really traveled, the difference in, like, just in general airport security. Like, yeah. Pre-9-11 versus post-9-11. Like, pre-9-11, you could walk up to the, the gate when people were boarding, and things like that where now it's like it's a whole process just to take the shoes off and i seem to be the guy that always gets pulled over to the side and they inspect me and and assault me every single time but they um but it's just it's a whole different scenario now in post 9-11 world like people were much more i guess um weary of of like domestic attacks now when, when it comes to security it's a compliment logan you probably look like you're in a rock band <laughs> oh man yeah no it's it's pretty crazy my my wife had a somewhat similar experience to you angle just because she's from dc area too mm-hmm. and like actually knew people i had classmates whose like dads worked in the pentagon and you know stuff like that i actually live a mile from the pentagon these days and uh so it'd be really weird you know, like thinking like, you know, you're ninth, 10th grade and your friend's dad works in a place that plane just flew into. Um, that was something that we, Logan and I, and probably you too, Morgan, we felt 
I, I personally felt removed from because we were in small town America. Um, you know, things, it wasn't as real because, you know, we weren't high up on that list and it wasn't a direct, while it impacts you as, as a nation and as a, as a people, it doesn't impact you in the same way because of where you live and sort of what your perspective is, especially as a kid. Yeah. And to your point, like you're right about that. Especially like for me, like I'm, I was seven years old, like I knew something bad happened, but it was just like more, you really couldn't conceptualize what would happen at that age. And you just kind of like, we're watching the adults, you know, kind of freak out a little bit and rightfully so. But at the same time, they were trying to also remain calm because, you know, seven year olds are watching you. I would imagine some of those adults that were your teachers were probably like our age or younger now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, probably so. So imagine like a hungover, like elementary education teacher trying to keep a bunch of seven-year-olds intact. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's, maybe that's a little too gratuitous, but <laughs> I'm sure your second grade teacher was a sweetheart. <laughs> she was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what they'll do this weekend, but I'm, I'm expecting something, especially at Navy. So, uh, yeah. For those, for those that don't know, all the, all the, uh, all the, um, when they play the service academies, Air Force, Army, and Navy, the, the, why am I blanking on this? The cadets and the mids, mids being from Navy midshipmen, will march onto the field ahead of time. And it's pretty sobering when you look at all of those people on the field. Full disclosure, my brother went to the Naval Academy, and you look at them and you realize that those people could be. Uh, well, they are uh, offering their lives, and you look at the vast sea of young humanity. Uh, it's it's pretty sobering. So I wonder what they'll do on nine eleven. Yeah, I I fully expect. I mean, Dustin and I are going to be spending nine eleven at a country music concert. So I fully expect there to be some type of uh, <laughs> some type of tribute. You know, especially with the genre that it is. You can send us your sing along video Blacksburg style of God bless the USA or whatever they sing. Wade the Rainwood. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, let's move on into a little bit more, I guess, uh, of our positivity segment, as we like to say here on miserable and reckless Dustin, I think you have a bless your heart this week. I do. And it, it kind of, it, it's a little pick me up from the downer of 20 years after nine 11. Um, so I have a, a buddy or a friend here in DC who's actually, I didn't tell you all this earlier because I want to tell you now, who's actually from Matthews, Virginia, which is pretty close to where we'll be next weekend, um, who deserves a lot of credit. And so we're going to shout him out. He worked in Afghanistan as a communications director back in around 2012. Um, I think he was there for a couple of years. Um, during that time, he got to work with a gentleman. I, I'm not even going to pretend that I, I barely can use the English language sometimes. I'm not going to butcher this man's name. Um, but he worked with a gentleman who uh, was a ally to U.S. forces, helping direct them, give them guidance, all sorts of just – he was very helpful. And uh, on August 10th – so, you know, we we left Afghanistan on August 30th. On August 10th, Scott – got a call from this gentleman saying like he needed help trying to get out because he was worried about what would happen to him if he was left behind. Basically from that point on, Scott dropped everything he had going on for the next three weeks 
and just worked on trying to get him back, him and another friend of his. Um, the efforts were not in vain. On Friday, August 27th, after uh, waiting for something like 30 hours outside of the airport, he was able to get on a flight or get in and get on a flight and get home. But there's more to the story than that. A little bit of Paul Harvey action for you. There's a there's the rest of the story. Um, there was a group of children, four children, who were left in Afghanistan, and their mother was here in in New York, and they were hiding in an apartment because their mother had been an ally, I guess, to the U.S. and they were fearing for their lives. There was a network of nonprofit organizations trying to get them out. Scott's buddy ended up helping them get not only uh, to the airport, but on a plane and back to the United States and reunited with their mother. Um, So basically he and his friend getting this gentleman out, helped get four kids back to the United or to the United States to reunite with their mother in New York. So good on you, Scott, for saving a bunch of people's lives who probably may not be with us, if not for your efforts and making the world a little brighter. And this family who, you know, obviously left everything in Afghanistan, there is an Amazon wish list where if you want to buy something to them, it'll, it'll get delivered to them. He shared that on his on social media, and I'd be happy to share it with folks if they're interested. Definitely. So, anyway, positive end to not a great situation. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, you, didn't, you didn't tell us all that. Well, for this episode of MNR, I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan, and we will see you next week.